don't be scared to start small. Start that small savings. Start that paying off that debt, paying a little bit more every month. Don't be afraid to be different from everyone else. And I heard this somewhere. I think it was Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey talked about the normal. Mm-hmm. And the normal, unfortunately, for a lot of us is death. Don't be normal. Be different. This episode of the Tide Capital Millionaire Podcast is brought to you by Black America Inc., a trillion dollar nation, by A.R. Morton. Black America Inc. is a piece of literature that details and illustrates the socioeconomic solutions that Black Americans can implement in their communities today. Whether it be being captains of our own industries, creating our own political parties, or just learning how to strengthen our overall health and wealth, Black America Inc. is what Black Americans and Americans in general need to get to the next level in 2017 and beyond. For too many years, we have been talking about the problems and not the solutions. For too many years, we've been pointing fingers at each other without talking about the solutions. This is why Black America Inc. is important. If you're ready to build yourself up and rebuild your community, head on over to Amazon.com and order your copy of Black America Inc., a trillion dollar nation. My name is Andre C. Hatchett, a.k.a. Mr. Own or Be Own, and I'm encouraging everybody listening to this podcast to pick up my new book, Own or Be Own, The Black Man's Guide to Wealth Creation in America on Amazon.com. If you're a black man, if you need guidance, inspiration, a path, a path to follow, to build wealth in this country, pick it up. Own or Be Own, The Black Man's Guide to Wealth Creation in America. Welcome to the Todd Capital Millionaire Podcast with your host, Charles Oglesby III, a.k.a. Todd Millionaire. This is the Todd Capital Millionaire Podcast. This is episode 39. My name is Charles Oglesby. I'm also known as Todd Millionaire. I'm the founder and the director of the Todd Capital Investment Club that now has 200 members in between stocks and real estate. I'm the founder of Todd Acquisitions, which is stepping into our first closing this upcoming Tuesday, which is pretty exciting stuff. And then our crowd-funded venture capital, which is doing some great things. We're looking to fund those college students who are looking to get into the tech field. We believe in creating diversity, not begging for diversity. And Todd Ventures is going to do some great things. So keep in tune with that stuff. Um, Again, this is episode number 39. We're talking about debt-free living today. And we have somebody by the name of Latasha. I don't know her last name because I know her from the internet. Like, I know everybody from the internet. But... She has an awesome story, and um, we're just going to dig into the things that the things that she's doing to live a successful, debt-free, prosperous, strong, financially secure life. Um, thank you for tuning in, though. The purpose of this podcast, as you know, is to share the stories of successful African American investors and business owners, so that people can see that business and investing are the true keys to financial success and generational wealth. Welcome to the show, Latasha. Thank you for having me. So can you tell the people a little little bit more about about yourself? Oh, sure. Well, I am originally from Cleveland, Ohio. And how I started my financial journey, uh, pretty much I graduated from college back in 2003. Didn't know what I was going to do. Had student loans and everything due. Ended up moving to Atlanta. Didn't have a job. I finally started working. And all of a sudden... I had a pastor that talked about debt-free living. So that's what kind of intrigued me. And then after that, I started watching Susie Orman and other financial advisors, reading books and things of that nature. By the time I hit 25, I just started paying my debt. I just wrote down everything I had due 
and I put it on my refrigerator. I never forget it. And every day I would look at it and I would just tackle my debt. Next thing you know, I didn't even realize what I was doing. I looked up about maybe about four or five years later, my car was almost paid off and I had paid off a good bulk of my debt. I had 10 credit cards at the time. And I paid out of those 10 credit cards, I paid off seven. So from there, I just, I ended up moving back to Cleveland. I was out of work again, but then I ended up working. And pretty much I got a good job at a hospital. So I started working there and that's when I really started tackling my debt. And next thing you know, my car was paid off. And here I am two student loans away from being debt free. I have the student loan I have now, it actually be paid off next year. And then I have one more loan, which will be paid off within that year or maybe the year after. But before I'm 40, I'll be completely debt free. Wow. So, I mean, there's a few things that I want to touch on. Do you think that having your goals written down and visible helped you out towards attaining those goals? Absolutely. I believe when I wrote those goals down, I was able to see it. So it forced me to, it actually forced my mind to kind of figure out how this was going to happen. Writing things down definitely works. And if you look at it every day, then all of a sudden your mind starts to work and it starts to try to figure out how are we going to tackle this. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, that's something I practice. I use a whiteboard and I write my goals on the whiteboard. It's right by my door. As I'm walking out the house, I see those goals every single day. And the crazy part about it is it's, somewhat subconscious and so even if you're not necessarily thinking about them you're still going to kind of carry out those visions and those goals those plans because you're planting the seed every time you walk by them you write them down you see them all the time and it helps you kind of just tackle those goals that's awesome exactly and also giving yourself a time limit on those goals even if you don't make it your mind will still get somewhat there like i had a goal when i was trying to get if all of my credit cards paid off, I said, okay, I want to have all 10 of these credit cards pay off within eight years, I believe it was. And then, I mean, I ended up having at least seven of them paid off in less time than that. But I still had the bigger ones that took a little bit more time, but still having that goal to like, okay, this is what I'm going to obtain. Even if you don't obtain it, you'll be surprised how close you get to it. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, it's one thing to get out of debt. It's another to stay out of debt. And I think a huge reason of why, I mean, maybe Americans in general, but African-Americans kind of struggle with debt, struggle with credit, struggle with keeping things in line is because of the consumer culture that we kind of live in. Um, I'm not sure if that's your story, but I know that's mine. So um, what did you do to not only get out of debt, but also stay out of debt? Absolutely. I tried to do a complete overhaul in my life. I was that stereotypical person that you're thinking about. I was going to class wearing fur coat because I'm from Cleveland, so fur is like big up here in the wintertime. I was going to class in fur coat. I was wearing Chanel and Gucci bags. All things I bought on loan, by the way. <laughs> you know, trying to look like I actually had money, but I had to completely change my lifestyle. I actually went cold turkey, but a lot of it was because I couldn't afford it at the time. I was out of work, so I had to force myself to succumb to a lifestyle where I didn't spend as much money. But yeah, I had to do a complete overhaul. I started reading books on how to create a budget. I put myself on budget. I couponed. That's actually how I started couponing when I lived in Atlanta. 
And couponing on groceries, that really helped me save money. I saved a lot of money on hair. I started going to beauty schools to get my hair done versus going to a beautician because beauty schools are actually cheaper. And back then I was getting relaxers. So I used to pay like $13 for a relaxer versus paying $50 for a relaxer. And just things like that. Mostly the budget really helped me and couponing has helped me a lot. To this day, I don't pay full price for anything that I buy, whether it's name brand clothes, whether it's groceries. I don't pay full price for anything. And because I had to live a life where I had to spend less money, now it's just habit. Now, you know, I feel crazy spending a lot of money because now it's a habit. So um, I definitely want to talk about coupons, but I also wanted to make a point. I think that because this is my show and this is how I get the word out to people. I feel like everybody wants to be wealthy. Everybody wants to be rich. Everybody wants to be, live that lifestyle. Now, the problem is what we've been marketed to, what we've been sold, isn't actually wealthy. We've been sold consumerism. And so people think that in order to be wealthy, you have to have the newest iPhone, or you have to have the newest car, or you have to have the best watch. And one of the things that really changed my life is getting around true wealth, not show wealth, not fake wealth. And the office that I work in, there's a gentleman who is legit wealthy you never know and so being around him has made me aspire to those levels where if this guy is worth what I want to be worth but he's not buying a new car why would I buy a new car if he's not over here in fresh everything every day why would I have fresh everything if he wears a basic watch why would I have a watch that's worth more than the guy who's worth well more than me and so I think what I'm trying to say is that when you see real wealth and this is why when you see these guys on these famous people in Hollywood, these famous people in New York, or maybe not New York, that's a bad example. And LA is a bad example also, because that's really flashy stuff out there. But I mean, the guys behind the scenes don't necessarily like show their wealth, but they make the world move. And so like, I think for us as a people, we have to get to the point where we might not have the fresh and the flies of everything, but we have the money to solve our problems. I would rather have the money to take on a $2,000 issue then have them J's or have gone on a vacation or have gotten Instagram likes. Because I put it a quote, I said, money is a lubricant. It helps you slide through life. Jordans aren't a lubricant. iPhones aren't a lubricant. Money, money solves all your problems. So um, I think that it sounds like what you did is you kind of prioritize. You set your priorities different. Um, and so you, kind of, you can't live, and this is why I think the credit repair is kind of like a false thing. It's like, you can't just overnight repair your credit you have to repair your mindset you have to repair your thinking about money you're thinking about consumption you're thinking about your goals and then your credit just improves it's, it's long term so um let's talk about couponing you said that and this is a question that i have about couponing is um that sometimes when i like try to coupon i can't find the stuff that i want i'll find the stuff that like there's like some weird stuff but i can't find like what i would go in the store for so what do you do with that I hear people say that a lot too because most coupons, most of the coupons, I will be honest, they are for, you know, items most people may not buy on a regular basis or a lot of processed food. I noticed that too. But when it comes to couponing, you are able to find coupons for things that you buy. You just have to really look. Couponing is almost like a science. Like you really have to kind of study it and 
if you can't find a coupon that you're looking for, usually what I do is I contact the company and the company sends me coupons. You can do that as well. But yes, you have to kind of really search. And also, there are ways you can get things or get groceries or get items that you want without coupons. I remember we were on this, we were on Twitter and there was like this big debate and people were talking about like debt or something and you popped in and you're like, I got a paid off house and a paid off car and this many thousands saved up and I'm trying to buy more homes. Can we talk about real estate for a second and, and I mean, where you are as far as uh, your real estate? Oh yes, absolutely. Um, how I came to that is, I never forget, I was reading Dave Ramsey and I was living in my apartment at the time. And I remember there was a story in there, ironically, about a couple from Cleveland who were trying to pay cash for a home because here we have a lot of foreclosures. And they were looking for, well, all they could afford was $200 a month for an apartment in order to save to pay cash for a home. And it, it just so happens that they somehow found it in an apartment. Someone they knew offered them a place to save for $200 a month. And they ended up saving all of their money and they purchased a home cash. I never forget, I told this story to my mother, and my mother offered me to stay with her for $200 a month. Mm -hmm. So I ended up staying with my mom, and I was, again, I'm still working at the same place at a hospital where I make pretty good money. I saved up all my money, I paid her rent, and that's how I was able to pay cash for my condo. It only took me about a year to do that. But pretty much, I think, especially when it comes to African-Americans, we need to think about owning property outright because there are issues sometimes with us getting loans. You know, with the whole credit crisis, you heard about so many people getting high interest loans, even though they had the credit to not have a high interest loan. And I think it definitely is important to own your property because then no one can tell you anything, no one can charge you more, and you won't have any of those issues. But for me, and just for anything that I do, patience is very important. And I think people sometimes, even when it comes to real estate or just saving or anything, we don't want to do the small beginning. Think that we're supposed to just you know, it's supposed to just happen. Like we take for granted that small beginning and you can't intimidate it by starting small or letting people see you start small. And I think that may be one of the issues in our community. We don't want people to see us start small, yeah, yeah. but there's a blessing in that because as you start small, you start to learn things, you start to grow things. And now that I own property outright, I'm blessed to not have to pay a mortgage. So now I'm saving my money now so I can have a multi-unit and then I can make money from that. And then I can have another multi-unit eventually and make money from that. Because at the end of the day, it's about having work for my family. My family doesn't really have that. I did grow up in a working class suburb, but unfortunately my family, you know, they have a lot of loans, car loans, house loans. And my grandparents, and their particular generation, they were one of those, you know, they were the group that you looked like you had money, you had money. Ironically, my grandparents had bought their first home in a suburb for $10,000. That house was never paid off because they borrowed on it throughout the duration of the home. 
And I don't want to ever be in that position or ever have my children in that position. That's huge. Um, I want to touch on the, the both of the things you said is patience. And I think that patience kind of goes into what I was saying is, um, that's why people engage in credit repair, people engage in all these things is they're expecting to go from bad credit, which they built over years upon years, to then just flip a switch and have good credit. It's like Jay Morrison says, like credit is the ability to make payments over time. So you establish credit over time. That takes patience, that takes habits, that takes changing your mindset from a consumer to somebody who's more cash conscious. Um, the next thing you said that I think was huge is that a lot of people don't wanna start with the small things. I will start small because starting small is better than not starting at all. And so many people will never start anything because they want it to be perfect. So many people will never buy a home because they're like, if it's not something I can show off to my friends, they don't want it. And so it's like, I would rather take one step and then take another step and take another step and take, take another step than never take any steps because a lot of people just, they'd rather not do anything and have people not judge their nothingness than do something and have people criticize it. It's like Malcolm X says, that if you wanna not be criticized or whatever, then don't do anything. Exactly. Or, or change the people you're around. Like, why are you around people that you feel you have to impress that way? And if you don't impress them that way, then they're going to have something to say. Why are those people even your friends? That's what Jay Morrison said. He said, if I have to spend money for you to like me or be my friend, then you're not my friend. <laughs> exactly. Cool. Exactly. I learned, man, I think it's so cool. Um, we're definitely looking at properties in the Midwest. We're looking at properties all throughout that whole region because you can buy uh, properties in cash. In California, it's a little bit difficult, but I think even still you can buy a property in cash if you're smart. If yeah. you have, because I mean, California, you make more money, property costs more. You can buy a $200,000 house in cash if you have two working people stacking money for two. Mm -hmm. You can at least pay off some that, a substantial chunk of that money. It's just changing your mindset. And I think that People don't want to sacrifice those years because if they're sacrificing their, those years to buy something in cash, they can't ball out through those years. They can't go on vacation throughout those years. And so people are, they, they finance things because they want a lifestyle alongside of the payments. I mean, let's, let's, let's talk about what that, what that property looked like. When you bought it, was it a foreclosure? It was a foreclosure. And I will never forget because ironically, I'm actually the only person in my family that owns property outright. No one in my family owns property outright. So the mindset was, you know, when they came in, it was supposed to be this, this furnished place. It was supposed to be, you know, when you buy a, a home for resale that doesn't have to be fixed up. So when my, I never forget when my mom walked in, she went, oh, no, <laughs> it wasn't bad. I saw the potential in it. I'm like, mom, it's not bad. I'm going to fix it up. But. When I walked in, I saw a diamond. I said, I know I can work with this. I know it's going to be nice when I finish. And it is. It took me about maybe a few months to fix it up. And it's perfectly fine. But yeah, walking in a foreclosure, be prepared to have to do some work to it. But you also have to look on the bright side with, hey, I own this. Yeah. No one can come and tell me what to do with it. No one can take it from me unless I don't pay the taxes. But for the most part, it's yours. So it's, it's yours. It's your property. No one can ever say that you have to leave if something happens. This is your property. You can do whatever you want with it. Um, so what have you done to fix up that property now that you have it? 
Now that I have it, most of the work I did was cosmetic. Of course, one thing about condos, you're responsible for the inside, and my HOAC pay for the outside. So pretty much I did painting, I redid my bathroom, I redid my bedroom, oh, and I redid a couple closets. So that's pretty much it. I am going into this next year working on my kitchen. That's my next project. Around February, March, I'm going to be doing some work in the kitchen. So I'm always doing something on it here and there. It's actually exciting because you get to make it your own. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Were you able to build in equity from when you purchased it to what it's worth now? Oh, absolutely. Especially with me not having a mortgage. It, that's huge. It's so funny because I was telling my wife because I was looking at a property that we could buy, this multifamily property that we'd effectively be able to buy. I think it was like a triplex. And so mm -hmm. we would buy it. It needed work. But um, our tenants would pay for the entire mortgage. And now this is like, you don't like mortgages, but it wouldn't be a mortgage for me. My tenants would pay for the mortgage, right? And so then you have two mm -hmm. incomes and we can use our incomes to make the house look exactly how she wants it. And what's crazy about it is like, when you buy something that somebody else has rehabbed, you're paying retail. When you buy it and you rehab it yourself, you're paying wholesale. And it's like, I don't want to be somebody's exit strategy. I don't want to be the developer's mm -hmm. exit strategy. I don't want to be the flipper's exit strategy. I don't want to be the investor's exit strategy. I want to be my own exit strategy because you're going to pay way more than it's really worth. There's that whole gap. They're going to make some money and you're going to be the person paying it. So I think that it's just strategic for people to look at things that way and say, hey, like I could buy it after somebody else does the work or I can do the work and I can reap the profits and that profit is equity. And so like so many people, they want everybody else to do the work and that comes at a cost. And um, it's like, if you want to pay that cost, that's your wealth. The money that you give somebody else when you could have done it yourself, that difference is called wealth. Exactly. So, you have a paid off car now. Um, why haven't you upgraded your car? I actually haven't had a car note in over a decade. Wow. So when you don't have a car note for that long period of time, it's like, you know what? Eh. <laughs> I don't think that's something I'm going to do. Yeah. I did tell myself that my 40th birthday, I would buy a new car, but I'm paying cash for it. So I'm currently saving up for my new car, and I'm currently also saving up for my multi-unit. Mm -hmm. So I can pay cash for both of those. Because once you once you have that feeling of you don't have to pay a car note, you have to pay maintenance, mm -hmm. it's hard to go back to paying a car note. I just, and the good thing is I have a Ford Explorer, so... Anyone out there, if you want to have a car that you keep for a long time, Ford Explorer is where it's at. <laughs> this is Ken Morris, the CEO and founder of Multibex, the private equity investment firm, and the creator of the brand Lord of My Land, the alpha gentleman entrepreneur. And I am a proud supporter of Tide Capital. You can find me on Instagram at Lord of My Land and at the Lord Ken. That's pretty cool. I agree. I think that I was I was reading the uh, the BKF book and he was saying like, what's the difference between a brand new Maserati and I don't know a Honda Civic? And he said nothing. They both get you from point A to point B. And I don't know when we started to think that we needed to be fancy when the point of a car is to get you to where you need to go. And people are ruining their lives, paying debt, paying interest to get to the same place. You're still going to get to work to make the same amount of money. You're still worth the same amount of money. You still have the same skill set. You still have the same mentality. I think that it really just goes down to marketing and advertising. Yeah, and we're paying for approval. But you have people, if you are confident with where you are, how you are, 
what you have, you can see a Maserati ad and it doesn't phase you, you know. But if some things are lacking in your life, when that Mercedes ad comes on, that Lexus ad comes on, that Cartier ad you see in the magazine, all of a sudden, you know, you feel like, okay, if I get this, I get some sort of approval. Like, we have to get to a point where, what does it matter? At the end of the day, is approval important or making sure your family's okay? Making sure, for being something happened to you, no one has to scrape up money, you know, for this or for a funeral or something. Like, making sure that your family is okay, that should be what's first and foremost important. I like that. I like that. It's so funny. Um, a big reason why I wanted you on the show is because I know you owned your house outright and your car outright. And mm -hmm. something that I said is like, if you can do both of those, you can effectively retire or you can work where you want to work. You can do what you want to do. You can build your own business. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, now that you have your major expenses taken care of, like, what does life look like for you? Yeah, that's one of the things. Life is like beautiful. I literally, my money is my money. I can literally do whatever it is I want with it. I'm not stressed out. Of course, you're still going to go through trials and tribulations because that's life. But, you know, I may have a lot of problems, but money is not one of them. <laughs> so definitely, <laughs> definitely, you know, life is actually a lot more easier. You can actually get through problems a lot better when you don't have all that stress on you. Because when you are under financial burden, when a problem arises, it just magnifies it 20 times more. But if a problem arises for me, it's like, oh, I got X thousand dollars in my savings account. I can handle this, you know, or something to that effect. Oh, I can handle this. You know, hey, or at least I'm not broke. At least all my bills are paid. At least I, you know, I come home to a place that I got paid for. You know, life is just a lot easier. And if we can find ways to make our financial life better, we'll notice that our life is better because a lot of our stress, well, most of our stress is finance. Yes, I 100% agree. That's what I talk about all the time. I think that everything just boils down to the dollars. Exactly. But yeah, it's, you know, if people can really just find ways to, and you know, uh, and just going back to that small beginnings, if you can just find a way to start small, you know, maybe just start automatically saving $25 every pay you have, or, you know, start paying a little bit more on this car note and give yourself maybe four or three years to pay it off. You know, just start small. And next thing you know, you'll keep doing the work and you'll look up one day like I didn't went and go, wait a minute, my car's paid off. Wait a minute, all the 10 of my credit cards that is gone. Wait a minute, I saved up enough money to buy a condo. You know, you'll look up one day and all of those things will happen for you, but you have to be able to do, to do the small work. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it, it sounds like trusting the process. It's like you have the goal, you set the process in place and you focus on the process. You focus on doing the things day to day that are getting you to your goals and sometimes um, you'll set a goal and you'll say, I want to save this much money. And then you'll be at Starbucks two, three times a day. Or you'll be at uh, eating out for lunch, spending 15 bucks on lunch. And you don't realize like those small things, those day-to-day -day things are going to make it so that you can't accomplish those goals. And they might seem small in the macro or in the macro rather, but in the grand scheme of things, you're pushing out your goals further and further and further and further. I think it, what was really cool, what you said is the idea of paying for approval. I think that's huge. Um, low self-esteem is very expensive. 
And if you, mm-hmm. you know, you're not confident in yourself and who you are, and that's one of the big things that you'll learn from people who are wealthy is they don't need to impress you with stuff because they know what they have. They don't have to show you what they have because they know what they have. Most times when I save money, my money that I save is actually automatic. That has helped me big because I can't, you know, do anything with it. So automatically the money goes directly to my savings account and I don't have to think about it in any way because I do have a few assets. I do have savings accounts with higher interest rates. So I am able to take advantage of that because, you know, not having a whole lot of debt and being able to pay your other bills on time does tremendously help your credit score. So, you know, when people get to a particular level, um, definitely look for high interest credit, uh, I'm sorry, uh, high interest savings accounts. Those definitely help with savings. Also, I'm currently looking into some stocks too. I'm not real sure about the stock process yet. So I'm actually, I got a few books in the library that I'm actually going through right now so I can learn a little bit more about it. But I am looking to get into that as well to help my savings too. Because I do have a goal for savings. I want to get to six-figure savings. So that's where I'm going to now. Because after you've seen, you know, this X amount of thousand and that X amount of thousand, you're like, okay, I want to get to six figures now. Like, now, like, you know, like, brag about that. Like, I got a 100000 in savings. Like, that's what I'm trying to get to. <laughs> yep. It's a lot easier to look like you have 100000 in savings than to have 100000 in savings. And so that's why people will go buy the watch yeah. so they can look like they have it. It's it's hard work. But I think those are the goals we need to start bragging about. I was listening to Jim Morrison. He's like, we need to start bragging about, like, how many units do you own? Or what franchise do you own? Or, I mean, mm-hmm. are you grossing this year? All that stuff. Like, what's your EBITDA? Like, that's what we need to really be talking about. Um, I think that's huge. Exactly. That brought that up that we need better goal. We need to be bragging about the right stuff. Absolutely. Do you um, use any budgeting software? I don't use any budgeting software. Uh, the budget that I use, I actually started using it about 12 years ago from a book that I read and it's straight old school. Like <laughs> I've been doing this a long time, but I have a notebook and then I have my expenses on it and what I'm looking to save here, my savings goal for the month, and that's how I do it. Unfortunately, I need to get up to date, but I've been using a notebook from a book that I actually read for about 12 years now. So, I mean, we know that you've had the ability to save money, you've had the ability to conquer certain problems. What are some other benefits that maybe you've stumbled across, like maybe being able to help relatives or being able to support different causes or I mean what are just some benefits of living the lifestyle that you live that maybe other people who don't live like that aren't able to kind of experience that is good I'm glad you touched on that now that I don't have a lot of I don't have a lot of financial stresses or anything to worry about it is a lot easier to help family members I have helped out a lot of family members I've even helped people I don't know like you know you might be in a grocery store and it it'll get put on your heart to help pay for someone's groceries or something to that effect. I've done that. But yes, when you don't have that burden, it is a lot easier to help people. So yes, I've have helped a lot of family members, a lot of people I don't know, because now I have the means to do it. That's huge. That's very cool. Um, so um, aside from 
the multifamily property, what are some other goals that you're aiming for? I'll be honest, um, mostly I'm just looking to grow a small business that I have, which I've had for about seven years now. I'm in the process of creating my own handbag. That is one thing I'm trying to do. And I do have a YouTube channel where I am looking to show people how to coupon and how to save. Eventually, I'm going to go into how other people can pay cash for property, things of that nature. I'll be speaking about on my channel. So I am looking to have quite a few avenues because the average millionaire has at least seven streams of income. Mm -hmm. So I am looking to grow in other areas as far as income is concerned and teach people how to do what I do, especially as African-Americans. Like I want all of us to be able to really be free and to really be free, you have to have no financial debt. <laughs> what I do want people to take away from this overall is just don't be scared to start small. Start that small savings. Start that paying off that debt, paying a little bit more every month. Don't be afraid to be different from everyone else. And I heard this somewhere. I think it was Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey talked about the normal. And the normal, unfortunately, for a lot of us is death. Don't be normal. Be different. You know, want to be able to be death. So at the end, of, to be debt free, because at the end of the day, it's really all about helping others. And what can you do if you have this and you have that to worry about? And this, that, and the third. It, it doesn't do you any good and doesn't do anyone else any good. And at the end of the day, we are all put here to be a blessing to someone else. So pay off that debt so you can live the best life you can. And you may not ever make a million dollars. Just because you never make a million dollars doesn't mean you can't have a great quality of life. It, it's so amazing that it's one thing to have the savings, but it's other another thing to just have free cash flow. So it's like, yeah, you have the means that are saved that you can solve your problems, but you also have a check that has no obligations. And there's power in that. There's power in knowing that every two weeks or every however often you get paid, it's 100% yours to either save, give, travel, do whatever you really want to do. So I think that that's one of the biggest things I've taken from this interview is it's kind of just reshifting your mind. And so, I mean, we touched on a few different things we talked about. I'm um, starting small, of course. That's kind of the theme of this podcast today. We also talked about paying for a property in cash, which most people wouldn't do. But if you can do that, if you can sacrifice a year, two years for the rest of your life. People do it all the time to go to college. They sacrifice four years, five years to get through college when they can do the, the, the same thing and live debt-free, rent-free, mortgage-free. Writing down your goal is something we talked about here. Um, having a paid-off car, not keeping up with the Joneses, and not financing a bougie lifestyle with credit cards will liberate you. Um, we also talked about just competing for the right goals, um, bragging about the right stuff, and hopefully changing the culture. My goal really is to see what we're doing that can be changed, can be modified, can be tweaked, and say like, here, this is somebody who's done it, and look at their life, and that's who you are. So if you can tell people where they can find out more about your company, your YouTube channel, um, any of your social media, that'd be awesome. Absolutely. Now my website address, well, my website is downtown on 7th Avenue, and the address is shopdowntown7thav.com. You can also find me on Twitter at downtown7thav. You can find me on Instagram at downtown7th. And my YouTube channel is downtown 
on 7th Avenue Handbag Adventures. And there you'll find everything from couponing to eventually we'll go over finances and how you can live a financially free life. Very cool. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, I have two last questions. What's your favorite book? That's a good one. Uh, yeah, definitely Dave Ramsey. The Financial... Total Money Makeover is the book, I believe. Yes, Total Money Makeover. That's it. Yeah, that's definitely a very good book. That book, down, hands down, changed my life. Actually, one I'm reading that right now is really a good favorite of mine, too. It's called Money and the Law of Attraction. Learning to Attract Wealth, Health, and Happiness. That's a very good book, too. Uh, definitely is up there as one of my faves. Last question, and I think that you're probably the only person. I've had a lot of wealthy people on this show. I haven't had a lot of people who are wealthy but debt-free. I think that you're wealthy. I think that you could stop working tomorrow if you wanted to. If you just leverage the money that you had and put it into some stuff that just generates passive income, you could retire tomorrow if you really wanted to which we should probably talk about offline because I think there's a lot of opportunity there. But what does wealth mean to you? What wealth means to me, honestly, is just being able to do whatever it is I want to do. I don't like to be bogged down. I don't like having a lot of financial debt. Wealth to me is being able to be financially free. And wealth to me also includes health. Like, you know, health is wealth as well, being healthy. Being able to, you know, that's costly too, being sick, eating right, just having a healthy lifestyle overall, that is well. Being able to sleep at night because, you know, I'm free of everything, that's well. Very cool. Again, thank you, Latasha, for coming on the show. I think this was eye-opening. Um, I can't imagine that anybody really knows anybody that's done what you've done. Um, that's why I wanted you on the show when you pointed that out on Twitter. I was just like kind of mind blown, like, wow, like she really does this. I think that so many people think it's not possible and so they don't even try. And if they know your story, I'm hoping people reach out to you and they get more guidance from you. The goal is to shift the culture. And I think that's what you've done. If more people do what you've done, we, we wouldn't really have any problems. So with that, this is the Todd Capital Millionaire Podcast. This is episode 38. If you would like to join um, either of our investment clubs, stocks, real estate, or venture capital, you can email me at info at capitaltod.com. Great things are happening, guys. Great things are happening for the African-American community. Great things are happening for America, um, the stock market. All these amazing things are happening. I want you to, to participate. Um, if you have to do so through our club, then we're more than happy to have you. The goal is to build wealth together, not to build wealth and stun on everybody. Be great.